Love that you're still using that fake Daniel account. It's my real one now. What happened to your old account? I forget. Did you get locked out of it or something? Uh, no, but I had to log in last minute, and they wanted me to do this, you know, two-factor off, and my phone wasn't charged, so I just could quickly create a new account faster than I could, you know, do that whole dance. Dude, that's funny. Instead <laughs> of just doing that, you made a whole new account. Fucking awesome. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, I could pick something gelato-related this time. So instead of using some other handle, flying ostrich, which I... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know, I kind of like that. That was a pretty cool name. Right. I just thought it was... Uh, imagine a flying ostrich. You know, they're always running around. But if they could fly, they'd probably be terrorizing the Earth. I think they also have pretty long and strong legs, which you have. <laughs> so the name was definitely very fitting. <laughs> Oh, okay, that's true. Sound like the Roadrunner. <laughs> also, since we already have some people in here, just a quick disclaimer. We don't really have anything big prepared. Just figured it was a good opportunity for Daniel to jump Daniel and I to jump on, shoot the shit, kind of give some updates about what we're working on, where things are going. You know, I know Daniel's working on a quick new exciting project that we'll probably talk about deploying on Archway. So a lot of random things that are happening. I think Try and Dave are probably going to jump on. So we'll give them another minute or two and, you know, find out if Daniel's new profile picture is good enough. No, kid. I'm sure. Um, I think Dave's already in here, right? He's just probably stuck on the um, the lovely New York subway. Yeah, I remember during one of the uh, spaces we did uh, towards the end of the year, Dave was actually on a train trying to talk to us in a space, and it didn't go very well. I mean, it's nice that there's finally internet down in the subway, but it's still not good enough yet. I mean, not nothing's good enough yet about the subway. Yeah, it's still dirty <laughs> and grungy as hell. I literally, since I've been, you know, since I don't really have to go into the city, you know, that often yeah. anymore, it's very rare that I get on the subway. So I remember maybe this was a few weeks ago, I finally got on a train after a long period of time, and it was just as horrible as ever. I feel like no matter, I don't know, just train will never get better. It kind of sucks. There's so much potential there, but so wasted. You know, I still think we should just probably spam it with some gelato stickers. So people in the QR code. <laughs> exactly. Uh, print out a big ass. You know what? Since we do live in New York City, maybe we should do more guerrilla marketing. Even, I mean, uh, you know, print out banners and shit, have a dome everywhere. markets or other things, we could put a QR code that takes them directly to voting one, you know, buying, uh, betting yes. For one candidate or another you know so just some something to really you know bootstrap them and pique their interest just give me the stickers man i'm yeah. on that subway three days a week every week right and there there are ads there but then there are also little pamphlets for free you know like psychic readings palm readings yeah in there too 
Oh yeah. I think I think later this week we have to get serious to send Dave a bunch of stickers of cool gelato related shit. But before we get started, uh, Dave, thank you for jumping on. Since this is our first space of the New Year's, maybe we can kick it off by Daniel and Dave. Do you guys have a New Year's resolution or something that you guys really want to do uh, this year? Um, keep my phone charged more often. <laughs> I'm not good with my phone, so maybe uh, maybe that would be a good one. I kind of miss people's calls, and it's easy to neglect things, you know, when your phone isn't working. So I got to get better with that. That has to be like the most like first world problem I've ever heard. It's like, what do you want to do in twenty twenty four to better your life? Like, ah, oh, I just want to charge my phone more because it's always dead and no one can ever reach me, which is quite true. Daniel, like every time we go on vacation or do anything together, like three four days in, we're like, hey, where's your phone at? Phone at? You're like, oh, I left it at the Airbnb. <laughs> it hasn't been charged this entire time. It's wild. I just like being untethered from it. I'm on the computer so much that you know. Anyone who I talk to, I get to talk to through, through to the um, to through the computer. So I got used to that, and um, you know, it's it's nice not being plugged into the phone all the time, just like checking it incessantly. Especially when we're in like Nashville or we're you know we're, we're on a trip together somewhere, I just like to be more immersed. And it feels like I'm more detached when I don't have my phone, and I love being detached. Okay. I'm hoping Dave has a much better answer for New Year's resolution. So, Dave, do you have anything that you're looking to strive or do this year? Uh, probably work on my health a little bit more. Mm-hmm. About it. You know what? I that one feels close to home to me. You know, I feel like during the pandemic, having two kids, you know, focused on gelato and mm-hmm. other things. I definitely have developed a dad bod, and you know, I love it. I feel like people love it. It's very <laughs> sexy. At the same time, I do miss all the intense. Like I used to work out, you know, I think almost like six days a week. Had a personal trainer and just got really strong. But sometimes it's just hard to fit in all of this, you know, working out with everything that's going on. But this year, I do want to put a big focus on that. I don't know if I want to get another personal trainer, but just you know, doing more push-ups, you know, holding onto bars and just doing more natural things outside. You know, definitely want that to be a big theme for this year. I know somebody that might qualify as a personal trainer, but we could still do gelato stuff with. <laughs> well, I mean, you talk about Daniel's uh, wife. Yeah. Oh, I was just talking about Daniel. I forgot about his wife. <laughs> she was uh, Risby's personal trainer at one point. So that's interesting. Um, he he, uh, you know, he calmed her down when she was like pissed off at me for something or another. So thanks, Riz. Man, I feel like one of these days we got to invite her on the show or on Spaces. And have her talk about the uh, good old days. Yeah, she'll come on. She's a little microphone shy, I think. But yeah, I mean, she found she cre- came up with the name Gelato, you know. So there's that, and technically, some kind of, uh, you know, does that make her a founder? You know, I don't know. I guess let's hope you guys never get divorced. Man. All <laughs> I can see happening is like, oh, I came up with the name, so clearly I own fifty percent of everything. Please tell me that we own the name. Don't tell me we're gonna have to we're gonna date our first gelato <laughs> prenup, but wait, it's too late for that. So post and we'll have it fully on chain. Yeah. I, I guess let's uh, dive into mm-hmm. it. You know, with the start of the new year, there's definitely a lot of different things that are brewing from you know, we recently got whitelisted on Stargate, so that yeah. means there our developer wallets can now upload smart contracts and other things without having to go to governance. So we do have a lot of exciting plans for that. 
you know, we're still working on, you know, getting to the point where we do want to fully migrate to ERC-20. We got prediction market grant from Archrace, a lot of interesting things that are happening. But what we really wanted to focus on, at least towards the end of last year and for the next uh, you know, few weeks, is we want to make some improvements to the website to make it more easily accessible to everyone. You know, I remember when we first started the Gelato website, we do a quick coin flip animation on our homepage because during that time, it was more important to focus on the products and prove out the theory that, hey, Gelato works and it can make money. And I feel like throughout the bear market in the last year and a half, we've sort of proven that. So I really want 2024 to be more about making Gelato accessible, having a better, awesome homepage that explains you know, how staking of the house works, that shows a lot of our metrics, how much users have earned, you know, our NFT reward. Having all that information there would be amazing. And, you know, I'm happy to announce that due to our partnership with Archway, they have an incredible design team and they actually offered to lend us their design team to build out this new homepage. So that's getting built. We're optimizing the site for better wallet connection, better uh, user experience. So I know, Daniel, you're working on a lot of these like tidbits here and there. Is there any type of improvements or anything that you're excited about that you want to call out that you've been working on? There's too much for me to say, but um, in the same spirit as your comments on how things are coming together, I guess, you know, I'm just noticing in the the nav bar that we have, like we have these different categories now. Um, We have games, tools, community, and kind of, you know, the the initial amorphous blob that was gelato and you know w- w- before we really had anything is kind of you know condensing into clear um you know into a structure you know where there's where there's a variety of of um you know applications and utilities and it's easier to see the trajectory now more and more so it's like becoming clear and um you know so uh with stargaze like you said with them um whitelist whitelisting us you know, that's going to unleash a huge amount of potential in what we can do around NFTs and things that are completely novel, um, things that are, you know, multiplayer, more of a social nature, um, the fractionalized NFTs, the, the, the breaking apart of NFTs into sub-NFTs based on the contents, you know, and uh, collective trading with vaults and, you know, just uh, dynamic NFTs, you know, for NFTs that are want to Im- immediately reflect uh, the outcome of some event in a game, for example, you know, or uh, as soon as there's a transaction, there's an update to the image and the attributes, you know, so we can really do anything with that. The sky's the limit right there. Um, the prediction markets, you know, like we have so many ideas and, and um, con- uh, you know, um, both from the, the user, you know, facing ideas with the user interface, but also on the back end and how the whole you know, protocol will work. I'm just, you know, I'm really excited uh, to work on that. And it's just like, at, like you said, at the end of the year, a bunch of stuff had built up and we want to just make sure we, you know, clean, you know, everything's, you know, dot our I's and cross our T's with everything that we, we, we have out there currently, just make sure it's solid before we kind of, we, you know, move on to these larger projects, you know, down the, uh, further down the road. But one of those small things that we're working on this month, which turns into a big thing, is you know we rolled out user profiles, uh, which is all on chain, and and we're about to roll out. Um, <laughs> thank you. We're about to roll out something that will serve as the basis of the whole social networking aspect of this, and the the online multiplayer aspect. 
you know, that's going to appear like, um, I guess we can talk about that more later, but, um, you know, I'm really starting to appreciate the potential of, you know, what will happen when we allow people to just come online and have a feed, an activity feed, like they do on other uh, social um, network, like uh, apps, where they can see marketplace activity, where they can see someone's created a, a raffle or somebody's proposed a bet or somebody's posted like a blog entry type of thing, or they've asked a question regarding smart contract programming. I mean, really the sky's the limit now that we're gonna we're gonna eventually very soon have kind of like a, a feed, a user feed that's available for people. So I think this comes back down to like the message of mm-hmm. 2023. You know, 2023 is more about experimenting, building out all these different components. And if you go on our website, it all kind of seems like very distinct you know, separate things like uh, Sportsquare or Gelato Max or Mortal Coinbat or even user profile. All these things are kind of separated. And I feel like now we're sort of yeah. tying these things together. The fact that now you can create, you know, the fact that we have a fully user profile on chain, which is awesome. That means anyone else can tap into it, potentially use that. And we can use it across all of our different chains, have all that amazing and rich information on chain. So we can build like what you're talking about, a cool dashboard, and user information to like sort of get them more engaged. It's um, I think it's uh, it's really exciting to put things out there that you know have been designed hopefully with the um, ability to scale uh, to scale up as more and more users come on board and there are more and more applications out there. Like um, we've basically in the last month put together like a, the basis for something that covers like ninety percent of. The functionality of, of Reddit. So we're going to soon have the ability to make Reddit posts, basically uh, upvoting, downvoting, arbitrarily nested levels of commenting and replying, you know, that, that the whole shebang. And really, you know, it's going to live on chain and it, and it consists of like a user interface plus uh, a couple of um, relatively straightforward smart contracts on the back end that are open source, you know? So I mean, and there's so much to talk about there, but um, it's, it's, you know. Yeah. I mean, before we dive into that, I definitely, I think you hit a perfect thing on the head. You know, one of the things that, you know, I loved about, I love about Gelato and what you know, we're always trying to do, it's experimenting, you know. We do want to build out traditional games, new types of games. But as I always say, you know, Web3 is very barren. There's a lot of opportunities out there to make, you know, revenue through either tools mm-hmm. or different types of DeFi application that just doesn't exist. So one of the things that we're currently experimenting on is actually started out with a hackathon project that Daniel was working on during his uh, vacation and it just sort of came to life. So just to take a quick step back, uh, we've gotten a grant from Archway to build out a prediction market which involves human oracles. So part of, you know, part of this is... We wanted to have a awesome way for human oracles to sort of talk about, you know, let's say we're talking about will Trump win 2024. We wanted to have a good place for these oracles and other people to have conversations. And we didn't want to use stuff like, you know, traditional Reddit, Commonwealth or Web2 type of framework. So we decided, you know what, we have everything we need. Why don't we build our own type of like form similar to Reddit where we can have these types of applications. So that's kind of what we've been sort of sneak uh, showing off, and I'm really excited to get it out there. And this is going to be awesome because we can tie this in directly into the prediction market, but also everything else that we do. I think, Daniel, you had a really cool idea about 
potentially doing games or even predicting uh, things directly within the forms, you know, so, and sort of find that. Even right. Further. And so, you know, when you go to create a post on Reddit, they give you basically a, a place to uh, add a pic, like you, there's a title, there's a, there's a body of text that's optional, and then you can add a, an image or a link and so on. So the way that I designed the, our, our system is similar, except it's, it's more extensible and, and modular in the sense that when you go to make a post, you'll, you have a title, but then you'll, you have a sequence of an arbitrary number of, like you, you can add a new text block, add next image, add a code snippet, add a video, you know, we have add another uh, text block. Uh, so it's like you're, you're creating, you're inserting modules and you can change the order of those modules to, to create the overall post, just move things up and down basically. And um, within that framework, we can release new kinds of modules that, uh, as you mentioned, it could be like somebody puts a, you know, part of a post is a coin flip, you know, or um, somebody wants to put a, do a trade, a direct uh, trade on a direct market. Like, you know, they want to, they want to sell token X at a given price, you know, USDC price or something like that. You know, we can install new modules as time goes on and use this as a framework for just letting people tap into all the activity that's going on, not only within the Gelato app, the official Gelato app, but also within the other platforms that we have, like the standalone prediction markets, the fractionalized NFT trading uh, marketplace. Um, all of those can be tied in here as kind of like a portal into those worlds. Uh, and, um, you know, and on top of that, since all of this is on chain, all the posts, threads, just everything, you know, we can tap into all of the events like, um, you know, uh, at, with economic, like a, with economic in incentives in mind and, and gamify, you know, DeFi, gamify type of, type of things. Like, for example, um, you know, in, in, in Reddit, uh, this might be, um, you know, in, in Reddit, you can, I guess, I don't know. I don't think Reddit actually supports tags like hashtags. But say that, you know, you're on, on uh, in Instagram and they're, they're hashtags. You know, it, it, it's often the case that someone will put like, a, you know, uh, hundreds of hashtags on something because they want to get their post kind of like they want to spam a bunch of different, um, you know, subject matter domains with their posts. So they just put a bunch of hashtags regardless of how actually related it is. You know, so that's that's not useful because it's kind of like diluting the accuracy of the search results that way. But on the other hand, if somebody doesn't tag anything at all, then it makes it, you know, impossible to find. So there's a happy medium there, a Goldilocks zone with hashtags where you want to encourage users to put a like a number of hashtags that, you know, accurately not only accurately reflects the material, but isn't like overly overwhelmingly, you know, vague and numerous as to like clog the system up with a bunch of spam. Uh, hey, Dan, I'm going to stop you right there because I just realized, you know, normally if we had Try on the chat, you'd be the one to sort of help well, moderate, make sure we don't go too well, crazy. Let me, let me just, let me just I finish that thought. I was going to give it, use it as an example to show how, you know, we can control, we can explore, you know, how we, uh, you know, um, monetize a hashtag. Right. So like maybe if the first five hashtags are free, you know, and then there's like a, a small in, increment, incrementing cost ta tagging something, you know. And so this is kind of a technical idea, but I'm just I'm using it as an example to show that, you know, we can figure out how to build a self-regulating system uh, with better moderation uh, and uh, as well by tapping into the other kinds of human oracle system that you mentioned or dispute resolution uh, modules, you know, that we build. It's just really 
and, and we and we can and we can explore ways of doing this uh, without involving advertising. You know, by for example, selling customizations, right? You know, so I don't know. I'm just generally really excited uh, to be able to kind of build these economic structures and at the same time create an experience and an app with utility that is like beneficial and useful and you know perhaps you know is appreciated but at the same time it doesn't kind of re rely on like gathering your data and selling selling it all basically to like ai machine learning uh you know groups using it to train on their content or to to people who are bidding on your your you know your your personal information to show you ads let's you know i want to see I, I believe like this is going to be great like we can build something that prospers but doesn't fall back on those two kind of like you know, sell out approaches of monetization. No, no, it's definitely like I definitely want to go deeper on this topic, but for people who are just tuning mm -hmm. in or maybe weren't aware we were working on something like this, they might be wondering wow. like yeah. where the hell did like something like this yeah. come from? Sort of came from like left field. Yeah. You know, and as I mentioned earlier, we wanted to build a system like this always for the human oracle protocol and even for our community. But one of the things that we need to be able to do as gelato to continuously stay at top and make sure we're taking all the proper steps to make, you know, ourselves uh, grow well is to be flexible. Sometimes, you know, we want to do X, Y, and Z, but opportunities may come up that says, Hey, it might be a good chance to sort of get this out there or do this instead. And that's something I really like, you know, we could have focused on building out more games or building out different types of application, but I do truly believe like having something like this, that's more general purpose that's, you know, built to sort of reward content creators, you know, built to reward even platform users and being able to funnel the revenue from that directly back to staking as the mm -hmm. house. Like that's the vision that we really wanted to show people. You know, we started out with games and the truth is we're going to continuously do more games, but not everyone's going to want to gamble or not everyone's going to want to, let's say, invest in gaming, for example. And that's what we've always said. Gelato is a Web3 software company. We're going to do games. We're going to do DeFi tools. And sometimes we're going to do a lot of general purpose stuff. So to me, this new system that we're rolling out, that's going to give people a place where they can come and say things without ever being censored, where they can come and do things without worried about their information being sold. I think it's going to be great. I think there's a lot of people out there that can create amazing content. And even if you look at places like Commonwealth, right? That place kind of sucks right every prop goes on there but you always hear people say hey that's a really shitty place to have these types of conversation and it's not really even on chain like why do we have a portion where you have a conversation in web 2 and then now that thing goes to web 3 this is, could, could be an opportunity for us in the future to also intertwine governance conversations mm -hmm. about every chain and make it a lot more interactive and rewarding so there's definitely a lot of possibilities here but ultimately, I'm excited that these, you know, this thing that we're building is going to integrate into other applications, not just the prediction market, but other things that we're building. And because this is all fully on chain, any developer can go and build cool applications. If you want to build a mobile app or some type of integration, you're able to do so. You know, I believe it was last year, maybe towards the middle or during summertime, Reddit kind of pulled a very dickish move where they increased. You know, their API cost, right? Added a lot there. more limitations. Oh, can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, sorry. I wonder if uh, Daniel, you dropped out. But I'm glad you guys can all hear me. 
But it was just a way of saying that, you know, Reddit kind of killed a lot of the innovation that made Reddit great by charging people, adding a lot more limitation, by having something that's fully on chain, decentralized, and rewarding to the people who are using it. I think we could see a lot of success there. I think Reddit has a market cap of like $20 billion. So if, you know, this platform is going to generate even a small percentage of that, which goes back to staking of the house, I think that's going to be phenomenal. Yeah, I think uh, even though, you know, it may seem left field, it kind of ties in so much with, you know, how we run things. It's like always like community and allowing other people to, you know, jump in and take part and not just like, oh, hey, we're doing all this stuff and you guys just sit back. But always allowing, you know, people to be a part of something and grow as a community is like, you know, what I think Gelato has always been about. You know, something I kind of realized, you know, a lot of times we get on spaces or public forums and we talk about things we want to do. A lot of times, you know, we might talk about an idea that's super early and eventually we'll get, you know, implemented. And I kind of like having that type of place. You know, a lot of times you go to a big project or well-known companies, you don't always get a lot of communication. You don't always know what's happening day to day. But within Gelato, you kind of know, you know, a lot of times when we think about things as we're doing things, we bring this all back to the community. So if you're someone who tunes in very often, you know, you might see, oh, a lot of crazy things are happening here and there. But that's because, you know, we're being fully transparent on what's happening. This is something that occurs at like every project, you know, or company. But, you know, as you said, you know, we've seen a lot of success building a very transparent company. So we want to continue that, you know, sometimes our ideas will be a little crazy, but, you know, the ultimate goal is always how do we make Stake as a House generate revenue? And I think this will be an interesting uh, start of that, our first general purpose application, which, you know, if you're not a gamer or whatnot, you can still use this and enjoy it. Uh, I think we lost uh, D- uh, Daniel, if not mistaken. Yeah, he said the app is giving him some problems trying to request to speak. I think Elon Musk re- realized this was going to be a censorship uh, or censorship-free platform. He's like, "No, you guys can't compete with me. I'm going to kick Daniel." No, I, I got back in. It, it wouldn't let me. I had to open up an incognito browser and log back in that way. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can okay. hear you. Yeah, it's kind of fun. Wait, did we lose Rispy now? <laughs> no, 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 I'm here. I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> I guess this is what happens when we jump into a space without things prepared and. I kind of wanted that. It's it's been a while. Just wanted to say what was on our mind. So, you know, Daniel, how do you feel about launching this on Archway? By the way, I think it'll be you know great. Give uh, I, you know Archway could use more things to do. So, um, getting people to create user accounts and giving them the ability to post things, you know, uh, uh, share things, you know, just be like a general uh, forum and. Uh, uh, it'll be great, you know, and um, we can show, you know, when a new raffle comes up, for example, we can show it in, in like a, we have a place for it now, right? Like before, we don't have a home page, we don't have like a we have a user profile now. But when they, somebody logs onto the platform, they should go to some place that's kind of like a their dashboard where they see, you know, recent stuff they've done, recent activity on the network, you know, new raffles have been created. You know, this kind of technology that we have now can serve as a basis of that sort of. You know of that sort of thing, a feed, right? So um, I think this is just the beginning of our whole um, 
you know, like a user's identity in our app. And um, we, we haven't focused on it before. We were just, you, you know, focused on building the individual tools and the games. Um, and then we were always like, oh, we'll, we'll build out the, the higher level application later, you know, like the homepage and the user profiles. And we kicked the can down the road for a long time. And, you know, it was the end of the year. I, I felt like it was important, it was strategically important to get those things in there just to give people more of a sense of like, um, you know, standing behind the app, like having a, an identity there. Um, was it, it was, I thought that was like fundamentally important. So, um, yeah, so I think that's definitely important. A lot yeah. of times when we talk about Gelato, we sort of talk about Gelato as an ecosystem. We have our gaming hub. We have our NFT hub, which includes the NFTs we have done, NFT integrations with the games, and even the NFT label, which is a place where mm -hmm. project creators and future and existing yeah. brands can come together, work together, and essentially make sure their content and their work is being successful. And, and so, on that note, you know, since you mentioned already, we're going to be we've been whitelisted on stargaze um i don't know not everyone out there has been following us you know uh as closely as some others um but we have like demoed a um a way of implementing dynamic nfts that you know again all on chain uh that will let us build out creator tools um for quickly visualizing for example all the different permutations of your images, all the different variations, you know, but there's a board eight, but here's a board eight with a hat and a cigar and so on and so forth. And the, a, a creator can, you know, we're going to be building out tools that will allow them to be able to um, kind of create drafts of their NFT collections in a way that, that's stored on chain. And then basically we'll push a button and now the draft NFT just automatically becomes a real NFT uh, contract on Stargaze. And um, you know, and so this kind of thing will let people create NFTs, um, uh, series that have like, you know, um, that dynamically generate like, uh, the, the appearance of these, uh, like one NFT, you put one NFT collection in and you get another NFT collection out, for example, like the way that we'll be implementing, um, this ability to create, to take an NFT image segment out the kind of features of the image like if it's a person's face we'll be able to sit to have the program detect a nose the hair the eyes the fact that all of those are within a head like a hierarchical diagram of these things and create a new nft collection dynamically out of that where now you can trade in the sub nfts and kind of own them like a, like so you can maybe you know uh buy some of them over time as some kind of way of like having partial ownership you know and layaways and borrowing and uh it could be the basis of a lot of, a lot of um you know fun applications this ability to kind of break an nft up into smaller nfts and the thing and if anyone is sort yeah. of curious about that process mm -hmm. at all if you actually check our uh youtube search for gelato you'll actually see a presentation we did at nft nashville that sort mm -hmm. of talks about this you know how we're going to go about fragmenting nfts you know we also briefly touched them upon dynamic nfts yeah. and it, it's just really awesome to see all the support that we've gotten from Stargaze. I think our proposal passed with like 70% quorum, 99% people agreed to whitelist us. So like having these ideas and now we can finally execute on them, it's going to be awesome. And before I forget, one of the big reasons why I'm really happy that we're going to be deploying this Reddit you know, type community thing on Archway is we're finally integrating our website to support multiple chains. 
just something we're definitely going to need for when we do Stargate. You know, Cosmos is really beautiful because you don't need to be attached to a single chain. You can sort of go to whatever chain that has the feature you're looking for and uh, leverage that. So by getting our website to support multiple chain and building a pretty good user experience around that, now we can easily plug into other blockchains in the future. I know like one of the big chains we want to look at, you know, eventually this year is Injective. They really want us to get on there, build some stuff out for them. So just having a easy user interface on our site that can switch between Injective, Archway, Stars, it's going to be very critical. And that's the stuff that we're building out. You know, it's like sometimes those are the small details that we don't talk about often, but definitely they're really important ones that's going to enable us to do all of this. Right. The, um, you know, there are a lot of like uh, questions to explore there. You know, I've, I've seen a lot of projects and they all kind of do the multi-chain thing a little bit differently. Um, you know, in our case, uh, you know, some, some things we'll have to consider is the fact that our application in its entirety really is con consists of smart contracts. Uh, currently they're on Juno. Uh, so when we, you know, go over to a new chain, you will have to think about, um, well, how do we, what do we do with um, the users, for example? Do we, we have like outpost, you know, users, users who are like, here's your user account on Archway and, and it has like, you know, this NFT as your avatar. Do you have an, another user profile on another chain or do you somehow have them all reference the Juno contract or the one that will eventually be on our home chain, you know? Um, and there, you know, so there, there are questions not only like in the back end, you know, the front end implementation, but also in the back end. Uh, the front end, um, you know, I think we're looking at the basic idea to manage it at first will just be to have a selector, right? So you'll select what network you want to be operating on. And um, when you do that, the kind of smart contracts that you'll be interacting with on the DAP will be ones that are on the network that you've chosen. So, you know, we'll, in that case, what we're essentially doing is we're creating, we're using the same source code and just, you know, uploading it to these different networks. Um, and so that's cool, you know, like for all the things that we can, all the different smart contracts that are built on just the, the basic, not, you know, the, the general, um, Cosm Wasm, you know, framework, the smart contract uh, framework, um, it's, we should be able to deploy that anywhere, right? Because there's nothing, there's no dependency on some kind of custom module that only exists in, you know, injective, for example, but to the extent that we release things that are, um, you know, that do have, um, do tap into, you know, specific capabilities of a chain. Of course, you know, you won't see those unless you log in, you select that network, you know, when you come to Gelato. Um, and so that's our basic approach right now, at least up, like, you know, that's what we're going to do at first. We'll see how it works and get feedback uh, about it. Um, personally, I, 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 yeah, I think that if we were trying to mix everything together into a single application where you, you know, some things are on Archway and then in the same screen, some other things are on a Neutron, uh, it would be a lot more like, you know, chaotic as, as an engineer, especially to try to manage all of that and make a coherent user experience. Uh, so, you know, those are those are amusing on it right now, um, but it will be it will be great to get something on Archway, you know, and kind of have a a fresh start, so to speak, over there, uh, and you know, to tap into the, the their uh, you know enthusiasm and, and their um, you know their uh, I guess to you know to leverage their team to 
help um, you know market uh, gelato and you know bring on some new new users. Um, yeah. Uh, before you know, I did want to mention Intertrain accounts real quick, but before we do that, we definitely have a decent amount of people on the space right now. So if anyone is curious, if anyone wants to jump up, ask questions, or talk about anything gelato related. The floor is open. You guys are always welcome to jump on and chat. Daniel and I, Daniel and I love just having a space to sort of rant and talk about random ideas. But you guys are always welcome to jump on and tell us what's on your mind. We're always happy to answer questions. That includes you too, Dave. I know sometimes you know you can get lost in the the thought bubbles that are occurring. But just something specific you want to dive into, we can definitely chat about that too. Yeah. But Dave, if you don't, I did want to mention one of the really cool things I'm looking forward to is eventually when all chains support uh, interchain accounts, that's going to be really cool because now users will be able to give us permission to execute contracts on multiple chains on behalf of the users. So I think this will definitely automate a lot of what you're discussing and talking about. Yeah. And looks like we got someone who wants to jump on, actually. Hello there, Anonymous. Hopefully you can hear us. Yeah. Yeah, you sound perfect, right man. So, Gelato's been acquiring a lot of projects lately, it feels like. And um, I'm just wondering, like, what the path forward is. Are you looking to acquire more? Um, is there a risk you guys are spreading yourself too thin? I know there's tons of community support on a lot of these projects, so it's, it's awesome to see. But I'm just wondering uh, what your plans are, I guess. Yeah, thank you so much for bringing that up. So for us, throughout our space, you know, throughout our journey in Gelato, I feel like we've gotten really good at making NFTs, getting them out there, building awesome communities out there as well, too. So one of our goals with the Gelato NFT label is to be able to create tools and processes where, where new artists or creators who have never heard of our, uh, you know, NFTs or Web3 are able to onboard easily and get their content onto Web3. And we also want to support existing projects as well. Our long-term vision is to provide a lot of these projects with core utility of using staking as the house. So essentially what we envision is all of these different projects that are part of the Gelato NFT universe are going to be able to create new NFTs that are going to hook directly into the Gelato platform and offer various utility from Staking is the house, uh, revenue generating utility to gaming utilities to dynamic NFT utilities and so on. So right now we're really focused on finding, you know, existing brands that either have good potential or had good potential or had great potential, but due to various reasons they're not able to pursue it. And our goal is to integrate not just that collection and project into Gelato, but the existing teams as well too. So for example, you know, Rebels. 777, which is a Luna classic uh, casino project. These projects have been integrated into Gelato, but not just their community and not just their uh, art and things like that, but the actual teams as well, too. So we believe with this process, by building out or integrating existing projects, we can actually grow out our teams to be able to do more and build out pipelines so eventually we can start onboarding new artists and creators and the ultimate goal of all of this is to enable all these different projects to not just be able to leverage the things that Gelato have built, but also the people within the uh, label. So for example, if you're an existing project that's coming into your Gelato label, 
you cannot work with Maria, for example, or get access to all of our early toolings, or maybe you need something built out to help make your project a success. That's the type of things that we can offer you. So we are looking to add more projects down the road, but we're being very selective because we don't want to add too many people just yet. But at the same time, we want to find the projects, the communities, the art, the brand that has very good potential, you know, possibility of blowing up and doing very well and just giving them our support. So that's really cool. Um, I really like how you, you put it so that you're not just acquiring projects, but you're acquiring the people attached to the projects. So in a sense, growing the team, you're not going to be spreading yourself too thin because it's not just you and, and Daniel doing it. It's it's all the people that you're bringing on board with these projects. That's that's cool. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, you know, we've talked about this before in the past, but we don't touch upon it too often. The reason why Gelato is built the way it is, which thinking of the house being directly in the middle and all revenue flowing there and everyone, including people from the team, you know, that's where they make their money. Our goal is to turn Gelato into the ultimate DAO. You know, people working together, people helping people become successful, and us all being able to take advantage of all these amazing things that Daniel has built, other people will build. And that's why we keep everything open source and everything is around helping other people. If people under the Gelato NFT label become really big, that benefits Gelato directly. You know, we also want to onboard future game developers using our tools, using our staking of the house liquidity. If someone comes and builds an amazing game that generates a lot of revenue for staking of the house plus themselves, that's a win-win situation. So we think long-term, that's probably the best way to build Gelato out is to build this, you know, DAO-like structure where anyone can come in, take advantage of what we have, and we can all sort of benefit from each other. And, uh, you know, if I... I can add to that that um, you know we've already built like a, a tool for sending um, rewards based on ownership of the NFTs in a given collection, and you know that's just like it kind of opened up my eyes to this possibility of creating um, tools that will help not only the NFT creators create the NFTs but also um, tools that will help you know people running the projects um, do what they need to do you know to communicate to send out rewards to trigger events you know in some uh, in some game um to visualize and administer basically their app their applications and their and their project yeah like as I, you know I'm, I'm really happy that we're bringing these teams on too and i'm really happy when they're kind of when i can see that they're still discussing they're you know they have a lot of enthusiasm and passion for what they're doing and and you know i i personally feel like there's a, a light under my ass, you know, to get these tools built, you know, so that, you know, they can eventually be leveraging them and using like the, the dynamic NFT capabilities that we're talking about. Um, and, you know, so like, it'll be great if we can kind of incubate these projects to the point where they, they're strong again, you know, in, in themselves, like, you know, good, like a good record label might do for, for the artists that are, you know, signed with them. You know, I would really like to see these, you know, the, uh, all these different projects just succeed to the maximum extent, you know. And uh, so I, I want to work with them. You know, I'm looking forward to working with them to kind of figure out what those tools are um, uh, that they want and they need to do the kinds of things that they want to do. But they currently don't have the, you know, technical um, expertise to, to do it by themselves. 
Did someone raise their I think I, I definitely think one of the biggest hurdles, especially when it comes to NFTs, is you see a lot of amazing projects sort of die out because once the whole like euphoria of the art wears off, you know, a lot of projects, you know, they might try to do some lottery utility and stuff like that. Ultimately, if your NFT doesn't have a true utility that's tied to some type of revenue stream or some type of platform that's going to continue to expand. That makes it really challenging for a lot of these projects. You know, not everyone can become a bad kid or a woman from Cosmos where they're like, shit, I really love this artist. I really love this style. I'm just going to buy their stuff without any utility. So the hope really is to take a lot of things that we have done very well and give other project creators access to that same level of utility that they can offer to your communities and hopefully build something that's actually sustainable, something that will actually generate some type of profit for those NFT holders. Right. And, and doing this across not only all Cosmos chains, but, you know, on Solana as well on Ethereum, you know, we already have some projects uh, over there. So, um, yeah. I think one of the biggest challenges I see as well is, you know, when we acquire projects or we invite, you know, someone to join the NFT label, we're thinking about this, you know, in terms of long-term, not that, Hey, we onboarded a project, so within a month, we're going to deploy a new NFT collection and do something to make money. A lot of these are like long-term bets we're thinking that's going to be, you know, you know, we weaving into our roadmap. So people will see like us acquiring these projects and maybe they might expect something to happen relatively soon. And it's not always going to work out that way. You know, for projects that we acquire and fully own, like Rebels or uh, Orcs and Ogres from Solana, we got special plans for them, but at the same time, we don't want to rush through it. You know, I know one of the big things we really want to sort of show and uh, people is dynamic NFTs. So we're hoping one of the recent brands that we've acquired, once we finalize dynamic NFTs and create a truly new NFT experience, we want to roll that out with one of these uh, new collections, you know, and we want to do that for other projects. As we build a cool uh, tools and features, we want to give these projects access to these things so they can experiment the, and you know, the dynamic nft capability it's like something that will let somebody let an application or uh, an administrator um apply a change to all the nfts in a collection or to only specific ones and in either case happen in one step com- you know computationally speaking just like not have to go through all of them and create new files and upload the files and then change the links that are in the nft contract to point those new files they won't have to do that they can just click a button and all and target spe, you know specific changes to specific NFTs or across all NFTs and it happens very fast and immediately. And um, it's not only dynamic NFTs that we're doing, but the way that we're doing it is essentially what one might call remote control NFTs, where instead of having the data of the, that the NFT points to live on some server where it's just like a static file, like a like image data or or the attributes of the NFT is just like a file that lives on a server. Instead of instead of that, which is kind of the status quo, there our NFTs will be pulling, you know, pointing instead of pointing to static files, they'll be pointing to smart contracts in Cosmos that generate the data on the fly whenever it's requested from them. So we'll using this kind of technique, we'll be able to have um, NFTs on a completely foreign chain like Solana that is listening that is pulling the data the not only the attributes but also the image data 
from a smart contract that lives on um, on a Cosmos network, and is and and that data will immediately change, and you know the the changes will immediately reflect whenever a transaction happens in the Cosmos uh, you know blockchain um, where that kind of dynamic NFT contract lives. So you know we can have games where you know each each action that up happens in the game with your NFT uh, character. It, it causes an immediate change in the appearance of the NFT, or it it adds or subtracts something from their stats. You know, it has some it has some tangible effect on on the NFT. And I will say, if anyone's curious to see this like effect in you know in person, check out our YouTube. Search for Gelato. We actually, I think, about three weeks ago, we actually did a workshop for Maria from Women of, from Cosmos, where we built out a demo of showing this type of transforming NFTs, like one of the examples we show is what if your NFT gets damaged in the game? Can he add some type of blood effect or make it bloodier as they get more and more damaged? And we were able to show that. So just to sort of tie this all in together, you know, things like dynamic NFTs, NFT fragments, by being part of the Gelato NFT label, you will get early access to all these tools and things as we develop it so that we can make these things better based on your feedback. And our goal is to make all these things public. You know, when we make dynamic NFTs public, when we make NFT fragments public, you know, anyone can use it. There will be some small fee attached to it, but that fee that's being attached will go back to staking of the house. We would never not, you know, anytime we develop anything, we're always thinking about how do we actually capture some revenue from that? And that revenue, it should be able to be scaled. And at the same time, it should go back to staking of the house. Yeah. So once this technology is out there, as people do cool and interesting things with it, ultimately it's the you know stakers of the house that are going to benefit from all this activity. And, and you know, we want to find ways where it feels like we're not we're we're not charging like a, an arm and a leg, or we're not you know it, we we want to provide like we want our we want everything to be sustainable, and we want to provide services that you know, are at a, a price or incur some cost that, you know, um, is reasonable that people want to pay that isn't exploitative, right? That isn't, and, you know, just to, you know, that's, that's my jag, you know, those whole thing about like, you know, not wanting to create something like, uh, you know, that these social media apps that, you know, they, they appear to you as free, but really they're just, you know, they're doing a bunch of shady shit on their back end to uh, make a, a bunch of money off of your activity and your information. So it's not really free. There's another, there's an expense down the line, you know, that people just don't immediately feel on the face of it. Uh, and so I, I want to see a web that's not like that, you know, that where people are self like more self-aware and are like, and where, where, where the, the costs of things is transparent and, and, equitable that's the word for it just like you know fair um and so yeah like we of course yeah i'm personally more what what you're describing daniel makes me think about brave browser Mm -hmm. i think they're one of the like the big products that are out in the wild that's doing this correctly Mm -hmm. you know as you use their browser as you see ads do different interaction you earned a bat token you know so you in some way are getting part of the revenue stream that's going to that uh, you know, web browser. I think it's called Opera or something. Brave, but right? to do that, you brave. Sorry, that's what I meant. But to do that same thing here is, you know, 
as we capture revenue, we just want to, instead of going back to our pockets, go back to the decentralized protocol. But before we go any further, Anonymous, thank you so much for that amazing, you know, question you had. Was there anything else around NFT label that you were curious about or anything else that we could answer for you? No. No, thank you. All right, cool. Awesome here. And I think uh, Crypto Chemist coming up here, our favorite person from Archway. How is it going, my brother? Hey, guys. Uh, can you hear me? I'm in my car, so I apologize. No, you sound perfect. You actually sound like someone who's in a car. Mm-hmm. That's true. Uh, I hope we didn't lose you. Hey, sorry about that. I got a call and I was in my car. So there's all sorts of things going on. Can you hear me now? <laughs> yeah, no, you, you sound perfect. Awesome. Yeah, no, I just wanted to chime in quickly on what you were saying with, with you know, having some sort of value capture because to your point, I think that is something we need to think about is like not everything on the blockchain can't be free. Like there is a cost to storing and validating um, transactions and therefore there needs to be some sort of cost to using the network. I think we've kind of become accustomed to just gas being, you know, close to free when in, when in all reality, there should be a charge to the user um, to use the blockchain. But that also means that we need to create products that are worth paying for. And I think that's another big issue is a lot of these products people wouldn't use if they had to pay, you know, $2 per transaction like you would on Coinbase um, because the product's not that, you know, good. But I think what you guys are doing are actually building something that has value and can return value to the users. And therefore there should be um, a reason to want to pay at least a small amount to use it. And so to your point, I think there's, that, there's two models, right? You either can reward the user for giving up their information or data like Brave, or you can create a product that they're willing to really pay for to use. Um, and I think you guys are doing just that. So I um, just want to chime in there and say that I think you're, you're spot on with what you're saying though. Cool. Yeah. Like, um, you know, even with this uh, thing we were talking about a little bit earlier, the, um, uh, basically a, a Reddit, um, something that's like Reddit where you can um, upvote and downvote, you know, create posts and, up, and, and vote on them. And anyway, you know what Reddit is. I, I'm kind of stumbling here, but basically I was thinking that, you know, we, we can have the ability to buy customizations to the post to kind of make it stand out more, you know, maybe change the background or change the font and colors, just add some customizations for very small uh, uh, cost. But that cost doesn't have to just go to some kind of anonymous, you know, corporation. It could be given in large part to the uh, the creator of the thread, you know, as some kind of royalty for creating some highly engaging material, you know. So at the same time, the person who paid for it, they're getting they're, they're, they're buying visibility of, of their response, you know? So um, it's, uh, it's not only about, you know, how do we succeed as a, as a private corporation, get the most money for ourselves, you know, where the, you know, it's not like that because we can build things where the money is flowing to a multitude of parties, you know? So that in a way that kind of is perhaps, you know, we can we can explore how to build these kinds of uh, uh, perpetual motion machines, you know, where it's self-sustaining and there's there's kind of a I don't know a, a circle of life in regards to the flow of the tokens. You know, there's some kind of engine. I think that's one of the big things I really love about Web three is in traditional Web two, I think everyone has sort of taken for granted the current model. It's like, hey, spin up a spin up a website, make it free, collect people's information, show them advertisement. And that's how we make our money. 
in a centralized world, yeah, that totally makes sense. And maybe that is the right way to go. But I love that in a decentralized world like this, when you're building out applications or interactions, you have to continue to keep in mind, how do I build something that people actually want to use and pay for, you know, and keeping it cheap mm -hmm. and not making it overly burdensome. I feel like when you think about it from these types of perspective, that's kind of how you build some type of interesting application. You know, for us, we need to compete with, you know, Reddit exists, right? So how can we make a system easy, uh, better? How can we re reward people who not only make content, but people who actually visit the website, do the upvotes, answers questions and things like that. So I think keeping all these different things in mind when you're building any type of Web3 app just makes the experience way better for an end user. And I can't wait to see other people doing more of this because I feel like that's when we'll see truly different types of websites and applications versus what we see today. Yeah, it's a different thought pattern. You know, I myself have only, you know, I've been doing this now for two or three years, blockchain stuff. And so I, I can say that even today, I still feel like I'm just on the, you know, I'm just seeing the tip of the iceberg, you know, just it's, it really is a completely different paradigm to working on, you know, the kind of web apps that I worked on in the past, you know, for some kind of software as a service or, you know, or mobile apps. It's just, um, it's. I, I will say that to me, Arch is the first chain that truly put an emphasis mm -hmm. on something like this, you know, building stuff that's either reusable or stuff that, you know, people want to continuously use and rewarding the creative mm -hmm. from it. You know, I think eventually more chains will push this idea, but that's why we felt this, you know, new decentralized community that we're building is going to hook up into everything that we do and also enable other people to build cool stuff on top of. Archway just made, you mm -hmm. know, the perfect sense to have something like that yeah. on there. There's a, like most of the stuff in Web3, at least, you know, to date, seems to be a lot of like copy and paste, you know, DEXs and, um, you know, just like low hanging fruit where it's like, oh, there's a new chain and well, you know, somebody needs to come along and build, you know, X, Y, and Z, just like a, it's in, it's already been done, you know, it has some track record, you know, that's, yeah, that's interesting. That's okay and all, but I think Archway, I feel like it, it's more, it's more um, open to exploring the possibilities of general purpose programming and creating more, you know, broadening the domain and broadening the perspective of what Web3 can be. Uh, so um, it was, it'll be exciting to like, to stimulate that when we, you know, hopefully when we release um, what we're currently working on there and just to, to give you, you know, give people some, uh, some sense of what it could be. And um, I don't know, I just, I, I feel like it's a perfect fit for Archway, you know, because you mentioned well, the reasons you mentioned. One of the craziest things you see happen is, you know, back when I was younger, having a Super Nintendo or PlayStation 1 seemed fucking incredible. By the time I became a teenager and young adult, if I saw a PlayStation 1 or PlayStation 2, I'm like, hey, this kind of looks terrible. The graphics look super boxy. But now that I'm in my 30s, now I love that shit. I'm like, oh shit, retro gaming. I have like a little retro arcade in my house that has all that stuff. I appreciate that. And I feel like with Web 3, it's like we've gone in a circle. You know, Web 1 was really interesting. It was like the Wild West. People can do cool shit and experiment. Web 2 enabled people to do things faster and cheaper, but it kind of created a centralized authority where if Google, Facebook, or Amazon hates you, you're essentially blacklisted off the internet. And I feel like we're finally back to that same 
spirit of Web 1 within Web 3, which is be free, be experimental, throw shit out there, and if people use it, you'll make money, you'll have fun, I mean, and we'll see where uh, things in go. Web 1, we know we've talked about this on Discord, but, you know, we could easily put a little um, static site builder out there, like, you know, GeoCities or AngelFire, you know, back in the day where people built their own HTML web pages, and if they had a message, they had an idea, a belief, whatever they had in mind, they could put it in the form of some kind of, you know, wonky, idiosyncratic website. Uh, and, you know, as Google and Facebook and all these, you know, companies have co- come to be, it's, they've, you know, the, the, they've diminished the diversity of the internet. They've kind of monopolized it and colonized it. And, um, you know... Dude, I hate that every fucking uh, website either looks like Shopify or Facebook today. And it's not like anyone's doing it on purpose because they built these tools that are easy. Everyone's reusing it. So everything kind of just looks the same. Only in Web3 do you kind of see like weird looking sites now. It's like, oh shit, this thing looks super old or super futuristic. And I really I love mean, that. It would be amazing if, if we, you know, uh, collectively could build like a, um, you know, put another little GeoCities, AngelFire type of thing out there. It's just you know, drag and drop, really easy to use. Uh, but then it stores the, the HTML on chain or in some other distributed file system, and then you know it's uh, and it's but it's stored you know in a blockchain essentially. Essentially, and we could even just we could even have that be one of the post types that we have on our our user feed. You know, you you can create a more like a, an, an HTML uh, message. You know, and um, then we can create a search engine for that. We already will have a search engine for this thing, so. You can build. A, you can now search for things, and it will only search, you know, ad-free, individually made websites, rather than what you get with what you nowadays, you know, get when you search for Google, in Google. It's a bunch of like, you know, these kinds of corporate uh, search, these corporate websites that come up. And Google doesn't even let you go <laughs> by. You know, if you try to, if you keep clicking next, 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 Google's like, you know, there's like three hundred million results for this search. You won't let you go past page like ten or twenty or something like that. It's like. It's it's fake. It doesn't really actually do what it says it you know what what it's supposed to do anymore. It's just like they're they're shit's all busted. Anyway. Uh, Kim, since you're still up here, I am curious to ask you something. Is there any type of application that you've seen in Web two that you would really love to see like in the Web three world? Yes, actually, and I I think I've actually um, even mentioned it before a couple times. It's like a like a DraftKings or like a FanDuel type application on chain. Um, I think that'd be really cool to have because it's something people really use all the time. Um, it's a sticky product. And honestly, it's something you can easily do on chain and have be verifiable. Man, I definitely love that idea. And I feel like, you know, part of the prediction market that we're going to launch on Archway is going to enable that. You know, one of the beautiful things that we want this prediction market to have eventually is not just one way to verify data. Maybe in some cases, it makes sense to have human oracles. But in other cases, this information already exists either in current uh, Web3 oracles or within Web2. So being able to onboard that data directly into the prediction market so we can do stuff like what FanDuel and DraftKings is doing, I think will be awesome. People love that shit. There's a reason why those applications generate billions of dollars yearly because people love to you know, bet and experiment and do shit. I think you've already seen what uh, what Gelato can do as far as just the fantasy football side and the sports squares. I mean, you're dipping your toes into it. So, yeah, it's 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 an obvious market once you guys can get it. 
that'll take off like crazy. And what's and the biggest part about it is like right now, um, half my family lives in Michigan and half lives in Wisconsin. And so when I'm in Michigan, I can, I can gamble from my phone. I can do whatever I want. But the second I cross the border into Wisconsin, I no longer can. And so it's like the decentralized aspect is so important in this space because it's one of the most like heavily, I guess, geo-gated um, spaces there is. So, I mean, there is definitely a need for decentralized versions of like these, these any sort of, and that's the thing. I say DraftKings and FanDuel, which is more sports oriented, but um, I've seen even an application, I think on Arbitrum where they use a similar model to where you kind of build your own team based on a budget, um, but you're building a team of tokens. And then whoever performs the best that day in the market, you know, from X start time to end time, that team wins. So now you're starting to do, you can really take anything that you can build a team with um, and compete against each other. And I think that's really cool. Um, you know, instead of having to really put a ton of money into a position, you could literally just say, hey, I think I have a really good eye for, you know, which tokens are going to perform or outperform this week. I'm going to pick these and put them into this big drawing and maybe I can win a hundred to one. Um, and, but it, maybe it's a much smaller cost to that person. So it gives them an opportunity to still earn a ton without really putting a ton of collateral up um, that they might not have. That's awesome. Yeah. Like, um, we could, if we could, uh, you know, injective, for example, they have a, a, an order book. So, you know, or we could, we could build things that run there that are of a similar nature, you know, where we can execute trades as the, the logic of some game, you know, um, uh, game five, uh, Kuji, right. They also have, um, do they have the ability to execute trades? Uh, yeah, they do. And that's one of the things that I feel like cosmos was lacking for a while is we have all these different chains, all these different features to build up all these different types of dApps, but the UX is kind of horrible, you know, just being able to swap or having to swap all these different tokens, yeah. moving things around, and eventually getting there. All that kind of sucked, but, you know, one of the things that really gives me confidence that we can solve this is when I go to Stargaze, you know, for a long t- or for about the last, like, two, three weeks, everything that I buy on Stargaze has been in Atom or other uh, currencies, and I don't need to do anything besides click a button on, you know, on the UI and everything happens behind the scene. So thanks to stuff like Skip Protocol that's making all this stuff easier and easier, I feel like we're finally getting very close to the point of people seeing why Cosmos is so powerful. Now, you know, if you want price oracles, right, you got Kujura you can access. You know, if you want some type of order book or NFTs, you got Stargaze or you got Archway. So be able to like unify all these different chains together so developers can build cool and crazy shit without having to say, hey, I'm 100% this chain or that chain. That's going to be insanely powerful during the upcoming bull market. Yeah. That's another thing we'd really like to do is get into the um, trading games uh, space, um, maybe towards the end of the year. It's crazy. A lot of people don't notice about Daniel, but Daniel has a very extensive background in writing trading algorithm. This is something he was working almost exclusively on for a long time. So, you know, Daniel's very multi-talented. He can build cool games and other types of applications, but we do want to build out, you know, more trading related, uh, which I'm going to call dApps as well, too. That's going to help hopefully people, you know, capture some of the revenue in the market much easier. So 
there's so many different things we want to do, just all about prioritizing, you know, what we should do. And a lot of times, all that comes down to is opportunity and real-world events. You know, Archway has been really amazing to us in terms of multiple different types of support. So if we have an opportunity to deploy something awesome there, like a decentralized community, fuck yeah, we're going to do that. Does that mean that might delay something else like video poker? It will, but ultimately, we think this is a good move to do now. And as we build out our team and as we build out Gelato, and you know, I think we'll be able to ultimately tackle a lot of these different work streams at the same time. Totally. So we've been talking for a while, and my wife just gave me the eagle mm-hmm. eyes that I should grab dinner soon. So we'll try to wrap up in the next five minutes or so. I know Little Gaines wants to hop up here, so definitely want to give him the opportunity. Yeah, I'm good. Isn't it crazy when you kind of know your spouse's look and what the different looks mean? Sometimes I'll get a look like, hey, go walk the dogs, or hey, <laughs> no, go give the kids back. I have the door closed, but I can sense the, the look happening through the door. <laughs> exactly. Hey, little games. How's it hey, going? Hey, guys. What's up, man? I, I really miss you guys. Miss hanging out with y'all. Um, I have a quick question for the team up here. When fractionalize NFTs? When, when, when? When? Well, um, well, our hope is to start working on that around March or so. Right now, our main primary focus is wrapping up our ongoing work and focusing on the prediction market that's launching on Archway. So while we're working on that, we will you know, start working on the NFT fragments. But after prediction market, it's where we'll put full steam right. ahead to sort of go and deploy that on Stargaze. I mean, I'm, I'm currently like uh, in the middle of um, – I'm working with the Stargaze team right now to – approve some code changes to their core smart contracts that will basically make it a, a easier for us to do our, um, to deploy the, and uh, the kind of smart contracts that we need to, uh, to do the fractionalized NFTs um, or the fragmented NFTs. So we got two things here. We got fragmented NFTs and we got fractionalized NFTs. Fractionalized NFTs is more traditional. It's kind of where you take an NFT and you create a, a fungible token for it. And then people can trade that token as like shares, you know, of the, um, of the nft but in addition to that we're doing something called fragmenting nfts where i mentioned before you kind of take an nft visually and you break it up into smaller nfts that represent different parts of the materials the the components of the image uh and you know you have a new collection that you can trade kind of like puzzle pieces that fit together and they they're not mutually exclusive they can work together and so we have very you know sophisticated plans for how all of it's going to work uh but those are the basic core ideas and um you know, as soon as I, I finish um, getting the, you know, working with the team to get these code changes uh, online on their side, we can deploy uh, the contracts that we have there. Um, and as time goes on, we can just, you know, in my, in my so-called 20% time, you know, I could just probably, you know, throw together a very primitive wireframe UI for just testing out some of that basic functionality. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just really excited. The question, you, you know, little gains is what, what, like when, I mean, soon. That's a good answer. Perfect yeah. answer. I don't need to know anymore. I just need to know that you guys are building. And yeah. soon is the perfect answer. But if, if you guys didn't just catch that, you can basically what you're going to be able to do is take a bad kid and fractionalize it into tokens and then and then send those tokens anywhere the fuck you want and trade them, right? Yeah. Or would those tokens stay, stay on? No, they, like for the, fractional, the fractionalizing aspect of it, you'll, there'll be normal tokens that you can send across through IBC and do whatever you want. Um, but we'll be you could even technically list them on osmosis mm-hmm. if you wanted to and the other part where daniel was talking about the fragments so the first one is 
you know, a bad kid, you know, any piece of it could become an NFT. But imagine you want to deal exclusively with bad kids' nose or eyes or eyebrows. You'll also be able to do that as well, too. So people being able to create LPs for their fucking NFTs, you know, on DEXs, that's going to be fucking wild. I fucking love it. I fucking love it. You guys are DJs. Thanks, guys. Um, that's all I came up here to uh, Let us know when you're in town again, when you're in the city. Hell yeah, bro. Hell yeah. NFT NYC, are you guys going to be there? Dude, of course, man. And if, if people don't know, Little Gains is probably the fucking most amazing person ever. Like, if you ever want to hang out, have a great time, hear great stories, see incredible dancing, that's who you want to hang out with. I don't know who you are. <laughs> bro, you guys are. Every time, bro, you guys. You guys are the best. <laughs> Hell yeah. We love you, man. We'll see you soon. All right, guys. Take care, man. Peace. Uh, before we go, I also want to mention one last thing to the group. I see that Amanda Kay is in here. For people who aren't familiar with her, she does an incredible job putting together a lot of the Cosmos and crypto events we sort of see in New York City. So if you're out there, you need some sort of event planned or something like that to get something organized, definitely go talk to her. She's amazing. She knows a dick ton of people. And she could essentially make, make anything happen. So with that, mm-hmm. you know, I do gotta hop off and go eat some uh, food real quick and then watch some One Piece with the family. Daniel, Kem, Anonymous, yeah. Dave, That's anyone fine. else wants to mention anything last or last minute before we call it? Nope. All good. Uh, just one thing I did see somebody had mentioned on the message is the mobile would be better. I just want to say uh, sometime soon. Yeah. yeah. Just uh, keep a look. Yeah, at well, pretty soon I'm going to be swapping out that. some of the code I use for connecting the wallets. It's a th- third-party software, so hope, I'm hoping that the alternative, you know, uh, package will work better. Um, but we'll see. All right, cool. Thanks for that, Dave. With that, everyone have a great time, and we will catch you yeah, guys next thanks. week. Peace. Motherfuckers screaming out loud Looking for mercy Before they find themselves Working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first Come first serve Mentality stuck in the burbs I'll be numbing up first Before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of trash Is under the dirt We rape them under the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and plate Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Motherfuckers walking around here looking faceless Trying to make a living selling friendship bracelets Dead ants dragging out the max amount of payments Red down days, got them acting all bankless Yo fam, what? Check these tokenomics They probing this bear, flexing broken honest I had to lay my soul down, I'm just roasting honest And then to end a long day, 11 bowls of chronic Never known the politic, I was born to frolic It's been my policy to pollinate all over the plot We got a lot of apologists jumping in at the top We like to measure their velocity before they hit rock bottom Over impossible loss, it's all moss And I'm liking the odds Bond doing the morning, forming mycological bonds Flick the cap, though the road is highly involved Flip a coin, diary falls Motherfuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the burbs I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt We rape them under the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served
trying to figure out the max amount of dinner lace stacked in non-toxic just to get a better place smacking on the hostage like the shit is way for keeps clowns white knight and all these maybellines they call it implausible when model after model keeps on ripping off the coat and going full throttle beats tearing apart your community all these low hanging fruits bearing zero liquidity got a planet in reach coming standard to each i'm on the back 10 stargazing after the siege commanding all the management to grab a few seats and then we'll round up the beasts and send a messenger east y'all better sign a release when i'm bumping these beats hands up if i got motherfuckers drumming the streets yo we got a few dubs we got a couple defeats and if you're coming for the king you better have some of each motherfuckers fuckers screaming out loud looking for mercy before they find themselves working a corner down in jersey what could be worse misrepresenting the first come first serve mentality stuck in the verbs i'll be numbing up first before discovering what works and we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt we rape and blunder the earth say and wonder about the worth and plate ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Ten spaces.